Hey guys, welcome to Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have a great guest. We're going to be talking about finding your audience and connecting with them. You don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business. Branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation, plus interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Hey guys, welcome back to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have an amazing guest for you. We're going to be talking to a direct response copywriter, and her name is Allison Lex. How are you doing today? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. I'm glad that you're on the show today, and I look forward to talking about how we can find our audience and connect with them using copyright. So if you could, uh, please let me know or give me some information as to who you are, what you do, and how you help your customers. Yeah. So um, like you said, my name is Allison Lex. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I am a crazy cat lady and a mother of a soon-to-be four-year-old boy who uses every ounce of my extra energy and then some. Um, and my day job, if you will, is mm-hmm. that I write copy for uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, experts who want more sales, want more leads, want to really just continue to grow their business, serve more people. And I really focus on landing pages, sales pages, email marketing. I love doing direct mail. I've been writing for about 13 years and I started Mm. when I was at Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle, which uh, Dan Kennedy is one of the biggest well-known copywriters in today's world. So that's awesome. I got a really great education. I got really lucky. That's awesome. I mean, uh, the, the last thing I wrote, I think, uh, I think it was something, uh, uh, I wrote an article, but I'm not so sure whether or not it was, uh, <laughs> up to par with, uh, you know, I used to do, I used to do research papers for fun and people looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> but just like that. Sometimes I used to, I just like to write sometimes, you know, yeah. to get it out, well, out there. Absolutely. And I mean, I always, I've always loved to write. I've always been in a creative writing class and my English classes were super easy. I love, I love the research aspect of things. Yeah, so we get definitely. along really well there. Yeah. <laughs> kind of figuring things out and um, sales copy is a, is a little bit of a different beast. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times people get confused between the content that they have, which is, yeah. you know, blog posts or videos mm-hmm. as, and their copy, which is sales pages and things like that, because they're not sure how they can work together to convert. But there's, I mean, so, I could talk so about copy give me, give days, me some clearly. insight as to how we can attack our audience. So uh, we we are a photography, videography, podcast, uh, creative entrepreneur our primary bread and butter is photography, videography. How would you say that we could target our audience that way? Absolutely. So the first thing with really targeting and understanding your audience is figuring out who the heck they are. And a lot of times what I've seen with photographers, um, I've worked with more photographers than videographers, but um, I've got a couple of those in my uh, friends list as well. But it's one of those, uh, yeah, I'll just, I can take, ama- I, I have amazing skills. I can take amazing pictures. Mm-hmm. And so if you need a picture taken, I'll take it. 
and you have some photographers that niche into weddings and some that niche into family and some that niche into the art, more the art print world. But a lot of times it's, I'll, I'll do what you need me to do. And so if you figure out what really makes you excited, what you can specialize in and then work with that, it's going to help you just continue to niche down and niche down and niche down. And one of the things that I think people are afraid of, <clears throat> pardon me, with niching is I don't want to reduce my potential customer base. Mm. Um, and I, I have a couple of kind of arguments, if you will, for that. The first of which is there are more people out there than you think. And the second is if I'm asking you to niche now, it doesn't mean I'm asking you to niche forever. The third is just because you say you do one thing and someone wants to pay you for another does not mean you have to turn down money. <laughs> um, so to find them, really understand who you love to work with, who's going to pay you what you deserve, because mm -hmm. a lot of photographers and videographers undercharge for their mm -hmm. expertise. I, I've got a couple and yeah. as a customer, that's great for me, but as a business owner, that's terrible for you. <laughs> yeah. um, who's going to pay you what you're worth? Who do you enjoy working with? What kind of projects do you love taking on mm -hmm. and continue to figure it out from there? And when you can do that, then you can begin to, to really make some, I don't want to say assumptions, but draw some conclusions about your audience and what they're really looking for. Mm -hmm that will help you cr craft that message that's going to reach them. Um, and I can give examples if you'd like. <laughs> so, okay. So let me, let me, let me just ask you this. So I, I'm a photographer. I've honed in on my niche market. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I want to do, uh, headshots, for example. And so I've looked at portraiture and I've looked at events and all this other stuff. And I found that, Headshots is what I like. This is what people will pay me for. This is what I'm good at. Um, what type of phraseology, what is it that we're looking for in copyright that is going to give me that audience? Absolutely. So with headshots, um, do you want to work with men or women? So um, both. Okay. So you're going to have slightly different messaging for each right? Women, when we get headshots, we want to look our best, but we also want to look like ourselves. Um, speaking from experience, I would love it if I look like I have one chin, mm -hmm. you know, so knowing angles is important. Mm -hmm. um, I do only have one chin. I'd like to look like that. You know you what I mean? A, so understanding posing. <laughs> um, there's some, I don't know how to sit. I don't know how to, so can you pose me, right? Can you make me comfortable through the process? Um, I'm not a man, so I can't speak without research to this. So off the cuff, it's, I, you know, I want to look good. I want to look my best. Mm -hmm. I want to feel comfortable with the process. Um, and I, you know, I want to attract my customer if you're speaking to okay. an entrepreneur. So you would use those desires as benefit statements okay. for what you have. Wow, that's an that interesting sense. approach. I didn't even think about that, to tell you the truth. Because if you look at it, yes, there is a difference between the two. Significant differences, in fact. Because if you look at the women posing, uh, there's the, there's a certain way that I pose women versus men. Tra I mean, traditionally, it's the same. But uh, there is a difference. There's a difference in editing as well. Mm -hmm. But the attack in the... Um, 
I guess those particular questions that uh, somebody in that gender would want could be yeah. answered. And and that's an interesting perspective because you look at the, you could have a landing page for each, uh, Absolutely. I mean, for each demographic, I guess. And then you're looking at, okay, so headshots for women, this is what the criteria is, this is what we do, this is how we pose them, this is the type of uh, lighting that we use, because I do di- different type of lighting for women. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the type of editing that we use, because it's a different oh. editing process for women. And so whether or not we can choose to use makeup or no makeup or, I mean, what, what challenges would you face in doing that? Yeah. So a lot of, um, a lot of what you said just now is really feature driven, right? And there is, there is a good reason to divulge the features of your service, right? What kind of lighting do we use? What kind of this? But what I really would encourage you to do is talk more about the benefits, okay? So benefits are the emotional reasons that people buy. I wanna feel good, right? If, if I'm going into a headshot, I just had headshots done late last year <laughs> and I probably fussed for, it takes me usually 20 minutes to get ready. I probably fussed for an hour and 20 minutes, changed my outfit six times and took them all with me. And you know what I mean? Like it was, an, and I was anxious about it all day. Mm-hmm. So the big benefit for me to getting headshots done with somebody who really knows their stuff is that I don't have to stress as much. Mm. I know that you know how to make me look good. Um, I'm a plus size woman. Mm -hmm. So being able to pose plus size women is important. If you can show me that you know how to do that and still make me look good, not like I have six chins, that's a big deal. That's right. Because I I want to look my best. I want to feel confident. But most of all, I want to feel comfortable. And so the features that you listed, all of this, the lighting, the posing, the editing, all that process, you don't need to tell me what that process is, Uh but just by showing me that you understand the need for a different process based on who I am will help me think and realize that you, you understand how to work with me. Uh Um, And so the features is very logical. And people justify their purchases based on that logic, but they decide to purchase based on emotion. This guy makes me feel safe. This guy makes me feel taken care of. This guy makes me feel like I'm going to look awesome. That's why I'm buying. I'm going to justify that purchase decision with, look, he's got this whole editing process. Look, he uses special lighting for me. Look, he knows how to pose me so my chin looks awesome. Right. He's Mm -hmm. got he's got experience. He knows this. And so if you can incorporate the benefit statements, we have a specialized editing process. So, you know, that we're going to be able to take care of any little perceived imperfection Mm -hmm. in every photo. Right. We use special lighting to bring out your best glow right we we know how to pose you so you're going to get the look you want every time we know how to xyz or we will xyz so you can abc Mm -hmm. we're going to do this which is the feature so you can get this benefit 
that is how you kind of present what you do yeah. well, I can, in a way that I can definitely through. see that when if you did some like feedback research, you know, you did some research on feedback and then put together maybe a uh, Q&A of some possible questions, answer those questions using visuals, oh, yeah. you know, and some of the, some current photography, maybe some examples, uh, mm -hmm. and then just listing out every possible scenario. Not to say that you have to list every single one, but right. I would at least choose a, a select few or maybe even some of the most uh, significant ones, uh, you know, on that landing page. That's a brilliant idea. I mean, I... <laughs> I, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, uh, we get involved with doing so many different things and we forget about the little details, the little things that will actually turn a profit and generate revenue. Yeah. And, you know, you thought you're, you're thinking, yeah, I'll just put a, a landing page and we'll just put some headshots on there and people are going to see that they're, they're good quality. And then they're just going to, uh, you know, accept it because they're good quality versus right. answering the question that is really rooted in the, uh, in, in the in their mind you know whatever you know uh, whatever is hesitant about them whatever they feel hesitant about in, in going to the uh, photo shoot for if they're uh, somewhat plus size and you're thinking well are they going to be able to put me in the position that's going to give me that one chin that you said <laughs> you know right. and so of course we do that and of course that happens and there's certain positions that you're going to be put in that are somewhat awkward uh, but yeah. you know, they're going to, it's going to make you look great, but identifying those and putting them on the website makes perfect sense. You know, I, I just, it's almost like, Hey, here, boom, this is, <laughs> this is the information. And you're like, all of a sudden you're just like, wow, that's a, it just makes sense now. There's a story. Um, and I don't, I really should have the details of the story down better, but it has to do with beer. And there were two competing beer breweries not a beer drinker, so mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, and they both used the same process to create their beer, right? A cold brew or something like that. But one of them started talking about it. We cold brew our beer. The other one was like, why are you telling people this? That's what everybody does. Yeah. But in the consumer's mind, it was this awesome thing. I can't believe they cold brew it. It must be better. It's the same thing the other guy did. But because the first guy talked about it, they got the sales for it. And that's what they became known for. Um, and you're probably like, yeah, I know exactly who that company is. I've got nothing. Um, <laughs> I think that's, I just know what my, I think it's my husband Coors. asked me to get at the liquor store. It's probably Coors. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not because I drink it either. <laughs> no, I don't. I think I, well, anyways. <laughs> I'm a wine and Tawaka kind of girl. There you go. Um, so <laughs> I used to be, but. That's what you have to do, especially when you're in a creative field mm -hmm. like photography or videography. You may have the same process that everyone else does. You may use the same, was it Lightroom, right? You might use Lightroom just like everybody else does. But if you talk about it and you give your customers that insight mm -hmm. into what you do that makes your work stand out, then you're going to build that trust and that, that excitement within your customer. It almost seems too simple. You know, well, it almost seems too simple we, that you're, I, you're putting that out there and then you're just like, okay, you know what, uh, this is the process. And then all of a sudden you're like, why is there such a difference in the, in, in leads now? Why are people all of a sudden calling us when before we had great quality photos up there, but now we're explaining stuff and now we're getting more sales. 
you know? I mean, and not every one of your people, your, your customers is going to want to know about your process or, or be concerned about your process. Those are the people that you would have been getting already. Mm-hmm. The people who are unsure, they just want a little bit explained to them. As people, we like to know what to expect. I had headshots done and I saw pictures of mm-hmm. what the, this company did and other people's pictures were beautiful. When it came my turn, um, because I I bought like an all-in-one, you know, hair and makeup and all that, the colors were wrong for me. And they photographed me straight on looking down. Oh, wow. I'm not even on Instagram that much. And we know you photograph from up. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's, like I say, the chin. Well, well, yes. Yeah. I was very disappointed. And Mm. yet they had beautiful pictures, but it turned out that they didn't know how to photograph me. Mm-hmm. And so ever since then, I've been a little gun shy on getting yeah. new headshots because really? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so if I had come across somebody who was able to yeah. explain how they knew how to photograph different types of people, mm-hmm. men, women, plus size, standard size, what have you, tall, short, doesn't matter. Yeah. Then... I would have felt immediately much more comfortable because the process was explained to me and I knew what to expect. So I have a question for you. Would you be terse in the initial landing page and then have a subsection that you can click on that would explain it or would you just have it in the same, in the same area? Um, It really depends. And this is, you know, I, I would probably consult with, with a conversion expertise-based website designer on this as well. Um, You know, as far as how it's laid out, I'm trying to envision it. Um, It depends on where the traffic's coming from. Like, is this just a page on your website or is this a dedicated landing page that you're advertising? Um, That kind of thing. Is this really set up for maybe Mm -hmm. search results on Google? And this is, um, but I really like the expandable widget thingies. Mm -hmm. Not a web designer. I don't know what to call them, but where you can hit the plus and it expands a section and hit the Mm -hmm. plus. And so you could have FAQ under some of your main copy. You want a big benefit driven headline, Mm -hmm. a little bit of copy to agitate the pain and really hammer home that you know what you're doing and then have that FAQ section, which is also a really great place to show portfolio pictures. Mm -hmm. Or pictures of your process, right? I mean, photographers, it's visual. So let's show pictures of the process. Yeah. Um, or videographers, let's show little snippets, little gifts, little, um, you know, 30, 15 or 30 second videos yeah. of what you, you're talking about and um, and use it like that. So it it's on one page. So you don't have that obstacle. I'll get back to that in a second. Um but it doesn't, it's not like an endless scroll because yeah. that gets people boring, bored. Um, what we want to do is remove obstacles to the purchase. And that's what I, I just mentioned. So a click where they have to go to another page to take advantage. If they have to scroll back up to click a call to action button, mm-hmm. if it loads slowly, if, it, if they have trouble reading it because the colors or, or fonts are too fancy, mm-hmm. All of those are obstacles that we want to overcome. Simple font, easy yeah. to read. 
you know, one page, that kind of thing. I think after every maybe page and a half to, I know it's broken down into thirds, but Mm -hmm. for every page and a half or so that you scroll down on our uh, headshot page, there's a call to action, you know, so you don't have to go all the way up, but I was thinking, okay, so if you have questions about whether or you know, the process, let's just say, mm-hmm. if you have questions about the process, now, would you keep that separate or would you put that together? And I know you, you, you said you're not a web designer and which would be more beneficial, but <laughs> you did bring up a good point, which is to have that information available if necessary. So I think a lot of times, it just as my perception, uh, looking back from a, a distance, so to speak, and, and I'm looking at my website, I'm looking at a photographer's website, and I go into the headshot portion and I, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm, I'm a certain type of person and I don't know whether or not they're going to uh, be able to photograph me uh, the way I want to be perceived. Uh, and so the question is whether or not I should include that in a separate page or because I think a lot of people, what they do is they, they go onto the page and they just want to look at what you have, the type of photos that you have, and then sign up. But on, on the other end, I can see why those questions should be answered. And the, the question is whether or not they should be in a link, a second page, or included. Right. So you actually have a couple of different places that you could, um, you could put that. So when I'm looking for a t- photographer, the first thing I do is I go to the portfolio page and look for people who look like me. If I can find a picture of a beautiful, uh, we'll, we'll call me fair skin, but really it's, it's pink. Um, <laughs> you know, a beautiful fair skin woman or a beautiful plus size woman mm-hmm. who looks like her coloring and her body and all of that are taken care of the right way. I'm going to feel more comfortable. If there was a button perhaps um, at the bottom, right? So maybe you've got your, your header at the top of the website, then the portfolio slides or whatever, however your website's done. And then a button under that picture, discover our process, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm curious, I can now go to the process part, maybe of your landing page, mm-hmm. right? Just jump right down to that part where you have calls to action purposefully and intentionally placed. And now you've successfully gotten me to where I've got the book a call or book a, a, a session okay. or what have you button in front of my face. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. You know, I think that would probably be the ideal thing to do. I mean, you want to have one on every page at least uh, because I would want to lose you just because you had to go back a page or you had to scroll or, or whatever That's the case the may be. Yeah, exactly. definitely. Definitely. I want to talk a little bit about the, the vulnerability project that you got going on. Yeah. Thank you. Um, So this is a new initiative (laughs) right now. Um, So, you know, the website's not complete. It's there, but it's not pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got a lot of stuff in the works and I'm I'm really in the research process, but it's born of this desire to see people be more real. And what happens a lot of times is we see these rock star entrepreneurs who portray a certain type of life but we don't ever really connect with them and we don't know if they're telling us the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think, not I think, I know that our customers want more transparency and more authenticity from us. And that happens through being vulnerable. 
And being vulnerable does not mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're broken. It doesn't mean that you're, um, I think in my copy, I say like a snivelly, whiny little drama queen or something like that. It Mm -hmm. just means that you're real. It means that you own your history, you own your flaws, and you're not afraid to share your mess with the world. One thing I've really been doing is um, on video calls or podcasts, I'm happy to show the, the room that's behind me outside of what the camera can see because I've got it perfectly staged for camera, but all the mess is shoved right out of camera view. And I think that's what we spend a lot of our lives doing is shoving our mess right outside of the camera view. Mm. But it feels better when we can just own our mess, when we can just say, you know what, I'm having a really off day today and I'm, I'm out of charm. Like, yeah, you know, if we can just be like that, our customers are going to connect with us on a deeper level because they want someone to see them too. Yeah. If you can see your customer, really see them, know them, and they can see you back, they're going to build that relationship with you. And it's that no like and trust factor that a lot of people go on and on about, but we all seem to have a really hard time creating or getting. Yeah. And it's because we're not allowing all of ourselves. And another thing that happens is that a lot of our brilliance lies in what makes us messy. Mm. A lot of our, our genius comes because of pain or because of crazy or because of failure. And if we hide that from our customers and ourselves, then we're not bringing what we bring best. And that's all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, I have started my copy business more than once. I failed. Oh, wow. And I'm okay admitting that. I've always admitted that. I had to go get a job working for way less money than I should have for a guy who is a total jerk and didn't understand that. I used to be the director of freaking marketing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm a sales assistant. You know what I mean? But I had to do what I had to do. By acknowledging that, I'm now able to bring that experience into my work. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I get passionate about this. So oh, absolutely. I apologize yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I, I totally get that, you know, because, you know, like we're put into situations in our life that dictate who we become and who we are. And you mm-hmm. being able to acknowledge that and tell people the behind the scenes, I like your analogy, you know, about pushing everything to the yeah. side, but you know, the behind the scenes, and I had a guest uh, come on a, a couple of weeks ago and they talked about that, that they like to see the behind the scenes, what's going on, know that you're human, that you make mistakes. And there's certain things that you do in life that are not perfect. And, uh, and that you, you do fail and, and then you connect with the customer in a certain way that, uh, brings them not just to your level, but also into to an emotional attachment and rapport with you based on your experience, you know, because everybody has problems. Everybody has things that are going on in their lives and you are not above that. You are just like them. And when you're like, for example, when we're interviewing uh, entrepreneurs and stuff and they're, they're put on this pedestal and they're superhuman and you can never be like that because they're multimillionaires and they're multi-billionaires and, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I'll never be at that level. But you know what? At one point in their life, they were just like you. You were starting out at that same point, at that same uh 
time in your life, they may be a little bit further ahead. They may have had benefits or opportunities that you've never had. But right. at the same time, there are people out there that are doing just that, that are in the same boat, in the same realm as you. And you have that opportunity to get to that point if you want and just connect with your customers in a way that is just human. Absolutely. And I don't mean that you have, you know, I'm not talking about going and sharing every fight you have with your spouse, with the world. You know, you don't have to put your private life on 24 seven display, but by finding those pieces of you that make you more human, exactly like you said, you're going to connect with people because people want to see that the people they're working with are real. I've been this week really working with, um, with a couple of people and I, I, pitched some sales calls on a webinar. And I basically said like, Hey, total transparency alert. Like at the end of this strategy call, there probably will be an offer to work with me and you can take it or not, but either way, the strategy is yours. And I got email after email of people who said, I so appreciate that you were just upfront about that instead of trying to pretend that this wasn't a sales call. And I said, well, it's not just a sales call, but yeah, I want to work with you more. (laughs) I'm not going to even edit this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, uh, we're coming, we're coming close towards the end of the podcast. And I want to ask you if there's any kind of uh, rules that you live by or some philosophy that you stand by. Absolutely. So the first thing is done is better than perfect. And when you're creative, artistic, um, or just like me, ADHD, um, you can feel like nothing you do is ever good enough to get out there. And I would rather see somebody out there with bad marketing than no marketing at all. And the reason is bad marketing can be fixed. Mm. Bad marketing can be improved. Bad marketing usually isn't as bad as you think it is to begin with. Mm-hmm. No marketing is just no, nothing. Yeah. So just give it a shot. See what happens. That's awesome. Well, that's great advice. Thank you. Um, the other thing that I'm very passionate about, and this is part of my story and my vulnerability, is just understanding the mental health struggles of being on, an entrepreneur. I was diagnosed with clinical depression when I was eight years old. I'm now 35, so it's been a bit. And I still struggle all the time with making sure that I'm on the on the street, you know, on that I'm even and going forward and all of that. I'm very happily medicated, but it is a journey and it is up and down. And a lot of entrepreneurs are experiencing those up and downs right along with you. Mm -hmm. So don't feel like just because what you see on Instagram or Facebook as the norm is the norm, because there are a lot of people struggling. And if you are struggling, there's no shame in asking for help. That's actually very strong. That's awesome. Well, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Sure. So my main website is allisonlex.com and that's A-L-Y-S-O-N-L-E-X. Thanks for that spelling, mom. (laughs) And uh, the Vulnerability Project can actually be found at projectvulnerable.com. And as of right now, the website is not done. It's Mm -hmm. there, but not pretty. But hopefully it'll be done soon. Awesome. Awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Allison Lex, the crazy cat lady. It was a pleasure having you on the show today. You're an inspiration to me and our listeners. And I'm so glad to have had you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe and log on to the creativeentrepreneur.net. And until next week, keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. 
please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.